What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome back to Arrowhead Live. This is episode 22. I'm Grant, joined by my co-hosts Ori and Austin. Uh, so coming off week seven, we uh, beat the Broncos in Denver 30-6. Uh, to six. And as you guys know, we had a devastating injury to our king, our lord and our savior, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he dislocated his kneecap. It's a very tragic situation. Could be worse, though. Could be worse. Uh, it could be out for the season, but, um, you know, he's only going to miss, you know, probably two to four games, if I had to guess here. They might hold him out till after the bye week um, at the latest. Um, best case scenario, though, he comes back in, in two or three weeks. Um, so we'll just have to see. Uh, what do you guys think about the Mahomes injury, just to start off? Um, well, I think that, uh, obviously, like, we didn't want to see him get injured at all. But uh, when it first when he first went down, I thought it was going to be a lot worse than it ended up being. Um, and with the injury, they basically said that it's the best case scenario. Whatever, like the best thing that could have happened with that injury is what happened. So um, we can't complain too much. He's not going to be let him rest a couple of weeks. Hopefully, we can, you know, still stay ahead of the division. It was nice that they all lost last week. That helped us out again. Uh, yeah, again. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, it's not, it obviously sucks. Um, but I think I'm confident he'll be back and I think he'll probably be back in like the third, third game. Yeah. It's better that he went out now instead of later on in the season, whatever, um, you know, but he should be able to heal the ankle up, um, while also healing the knee so that when he comes back, he's pretty much full strength, whatever that looks like with the uh, kneecap. Hopefully he doesn't have to get surgery in the off season. I know Pat McAfee had the same thing happen. Uh, he played the rest of the season, but then he had to get surgery in the off season. So we'll see if that's something that Mahomes is going to have to do. Yeah, and I think uh, I mean I think injury or surgery is like kind of necessary after the season with this injury. Uh, just go in there and repair that that ligament that they said pretty much tears every time that this happens. Um, but it's not like a a weight bearing ligament or anything like that. You know that that can um, cause stability issues with like within the actual knee itself. Um, so you know he'll probably be good. Um, I'd stick a brace on there. You know it might limit his mobility a little bit. You know uh, throughout the end of the season, but um i would throw a brace on there for the rest of the year and you know just play it safe and let mahomes sit back there in the pocket and uh shred defenses that way i know matt stafford had this injury um a few years ago and he missed i think three games and came back and he was okay so uh we'll just have to see uh mahomes will probably be back you know like i said two to four weeks and as you mentioned austin there is a little bit of a silver lining here um so he's going to be able to heal up from the ankle, which you guys might sit there and think, oh, well, you know, he's he was healing up from the ankle anyway. But um, but in all seriousness, like he he was tweaking the ankle like week after week and it was, you know, causing a um, it was having a negative effect on his play. Um, and it was very evident, like in the game that whenever he would tweak his ankle because it wasn't fully healed, um, his play would drop off significantly. And we saw that against the Lions, the Texans. And uh, I mean, you know, we'll just have to and the Colts as well. Um, but, you know, we'll just have to see how Mahomes uh, fares once he comes back from the injury. Um, and then another thing, a positive thing, is that, you know, he'll probably have, you know, his offensive line fully healthy in, in Fisher and Wiley. Um, and then he will get back, you know, Sammy Watkins hopefully as well. So he'll come back and he'll have a, you know, full-strength offense to play with. Um, moving on to the things that impressed um, against Denver. Uh, first and foremost, uh, one of the things that has been plaguing us for the past, you know, three years, uh, the run defense was absolutely spectacular. 
21 rush attempts by Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay. They allowed 71 yards for 3.4 yards per carry. And, you know, one of these things, I think we, we mentioned it on last week's podcast, that we just expected Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman to come out and just gash the Chiefs because they did it last year. Um, and, you know, average running backs have been killing the Chiefs all year long. Um, so the run defense was definitely something that impressed me. We had some guys, you know, namely Reggie Ragland and, uh, you know, Derek Naughty and Colin Saunders step up and be huge in the run game, which was really nice to see and, you know, something that we hope to see moving forward. Yeah, and the the run defense was – the defense as, as a whole was just insane. It was a completely different defense than we've seen all year. Um, they were able to stop the run, which I – said in the last podcast that I thought Philip Lindsay was going to have 200 yards on us just based on what we we had seen previously. But um yeah, they stepped up. I don't know if it, they were st- I, a lot of, I would say that like yeah, you know, some people were talking about how they stepped up and played for Mahomes, but um they were playing good before he even got injured. So, I don't think that that had too much to do with it. Obviously, they wanted to go out there and, and play and win for him, but um yeah, they stepped up. It was it was awesome. Uh and kind of moving on in that segue, just into the into the pass defense as well. Uh, like I, as I said, the defense as a whole played really well. Um, they only allowed 213 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, again, they were going against Flacco, but um, you know it's st- it's still g- good to have no touchdowns on them. Um, they've been they've been pretty decent the last few weeks. It's really been the the run defense that has been terrible, but um, yeah, they they were pretty good. Um, all around, um, yeah, they did really good this week. Yeah, one thing, you know, tying into the Flacco is the amount of sacks that the Chiefs had. You know, we had eight sacks on him, nine sacks if you include the the fake punt that was just atrocious. But um, Flacco really just, you know, I don't know if he just had no drive to get outside the pocket or if our, our, you know, guys were getting there every single time that fast. But uh, I just thought, you know, 28 pressures – like I said, eight sacks, that's impressive no matter who you're playing, um, especially coming from this Chiefs defense who, like we've said, you know, has been very um, very subpar this entire season and last year. I would have never expected that to happen, um, you know, Thursday night. So I was very, very happy to see that go down. Yeah, and speaking of the sacks, um, I, the NFL record is 12 sacks, which has um, happened three times um, in the NFL. And, you know, I think that, there was a couple inju- or a couple of penalties, you know, costly penalties that we had that you know didn't really have an effect on the game, but they had a, they did have an effect on the stat sheet. Um, I think that um, if we had taken advantage of those those sacks, I think we honestly probably could have at least tied the sack the single game sack record, uh, which is twelve, like like I said, um, which would have been absolutely crazy. So. Um, you know, hopefully if this if this pass rush can keep it up, you know, Frank Clark looked absolutely dominant. Uh, Spagnolo got creative with guys like Anthony Hitchens. Um, and, you know, so if he can continue to do that, uh, get creative with guys like Hitchens and, and his safeties and stuff like that, then, you know, we definitely will be taking a step forward with this defense. And we can't, we should have known that we're, they were going to get some pass rush on them after that photo came out of the two Broncos players wearing their bibs. That was pretty stupid. Uh, I, I was really hoping they'd, they'd get after him after I saw that photo. No, I was just going to say an, another thing that really impressed was the fact that Matt, Matt Moore was just able to step up and protect the football. Uh, you know, if as long as our defense is playing, you know, at least decent, we don't really need Matt Moore to go out there and shred defenses. Um, I mean, the positive is that Andy Reid has been insanely successful with backup quarterbacks. Um, he's gotten some, like, some crazy uh, stat where he's like, 
10 and three or something like that with his backup quarterbacks, um, which is just or like whenever his starting quarterback goes down due to injury, um, his backup quarterbacks are like 10 and three um, over some period of time. I don't remember what it was, but it was something crazy and people were, were freaking out about it. So, I mean, Matt Moore is not a bad quarterback. Um, we could definitely have a better backup. Um, but I think Matt Moore will come in and, and he'll be, he'll be okay. So um, we'll, you know, we'll just have to look forward Look for that, you know, moving forward with Mahomes out. And, um, you know, if Mah- if Matt Moore can protect the ball the way he did against Denver um, in the second half, then, then we'll be all right. Uh, moving on to the next thing uh, that, you know, LaShawn McCoy and Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill coming back after an injury. He played a little bit last week, played some more this week. Um, after Mahomes got hurt, it was really nice to see those two guys step up, you know, make some big plays. Tyreek Hill caught the touchdown uh, down the sideline for Matt Moore. Uh, you know, so those are two guys, you know, that we're definitely going to need to step up um, over these next few weeks with Mahomes out. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think that um, one of the best things about Hill is that even when he's not like he didn't have a crazy game last week, he did have the one touchdown. But uh, what the best thing about him is that even when he's not the one getting the ball, he's drawing two guys at all times, which is freeing up other uh, our other wide receivers and Kelsey. And, you know, they, they if they're going to double Tyreek, somebody's going to be open, you know, and so hopefully with, with if they can keep doing that, um, they'll have some open receivers for Matt Moore to be able to throw to, make some easy throws. Doesn't have to throw in any, into any uh, tight coverage and start giving up uh, interceptions, which could be pretty costly if we're we're doing if we get behind in the game with with Matt Moore at, at quarterback. Yeah, and I just I was really um, really happy to see that Shady. You know, we saw um, earlier in the season that he still had the speed, but he broke out on two big runs, um, and I, I think he was a great addition. We got him for nothing, and I would I think as of now it would be a sin to let him walk away this offseason. I think it would be really good to bring him back um, next year, and hopefully he continues to play as good as he is uh, currently and into the playoffs. Yeah, honestly, I mean, that's something that I kind of mentioned um, on Arrowhead Live on Twitter uh, earlier in the week is, you know, I, I really wouldn't mind them giving McCoy, you know, a one-year one or two year deal with uh, probably the second year being, you know, non-guaranteed so that they can get out of the deal if they need to. But um, I mean, if McCoy, if they can get McCoy, you know, on a, on a few million, you know, probably 2.5 or 3 million uh, next year. Uh, and then in 2021 as well, uh, you know, it'd be, he can be a number one running back. Uh, I don't think he can be a workhorse, but he can definitely be a number one running back. Cause I don't really think Damian Williams is it. He hasn't done anything. So uh, he's been pretty disappointing, but in uh, talking about disappointing, uh, the things that disappointed us, you know, over uh, against Denver, uh, first and foremost, obviously Mahomes' injury. We hate to see that. It's hard to call that a disappointment. Like, it's just a freak thing that, you know, we can't really, like, um, there, you can't prevent that. I mean, he just got hit in the knee and uh, just popped out a socket, the kneecap. So, like, it's, or not a socket, but, um, you know, it's not really something that, can be prevented so i mean it, it happened and we got to deal with it but i mean obviously him being injured is is pretty disappointing especially you know given that he was on another mvp pace for this year yeah and obviously we could go on and on and talk about how it sucks that mcholmes is injured um you know hopefully all all we can hope is that he comes back uh he's the same player he was before uh the, the injury doesn't linger in any way and he has hopefully um those other guys, his offensive lineman will be back at the same time uh, to make sure he's protected better than he has been previously. 
Um, and just kind of hope he goes, you know, back to the way he was. Um, kind of moving on, uh, some something else that disappointed was the special team's inability to make big plays. Uh, we, we've talked about this a couple times. Our special team has been pretty pretty weak this year, um, and Tobe is usually one of the best in the league, so it's kind of disappointing in general that in general that we haven't got anything going with that. Um, kind of in that same boat, um, we did release Dat. Um, I, I, I'm not surprised by the release of him, of him but um, you know, with DeAnthony Thomas, he hasn't been playing very well. Um, we we have other guys that can return, especially with Tyreek back. So I'm not surprised that they cut him. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really surprised either. I mean, he he hasn't really done anything. He hasn't done anything on the offensive side of the ball, uh, and he hasn't had any impact plays as a special teamer either. And you know, something that's kind of interesting is like you know, with our offense playing the way it has been, and DeAnthony Thomas being a guy who's really quick in space, I was pretty surprised to see that they didn't try to get him involved um, on the offensive side of the ball at all. But I mean, he's gone now, so it is what it is. Uh, so, yeah, like you said, special teams has not been impressive at all. I mean, they haven't given anything up, which is nice, um, but they haven't really done anything either. And this is by far, you know, according to DVOA, uh, this is by far the worst year uh, that, that Tobe has had, you know, in Kansas City. And I'm not sure. I think it is actually that it's his worst year uh, as in his career as a special teams coordinator. So, you know, I, I think they'll, you know, they'll improve as the season goes on. Um, so we'll just have to see, wait and see on that as well. Um, the next thing that disappointed is Laurent Duvernay-Tardif. Um, you know, that was a guy that came back from injury uh, from last year. And he just really hasn't done anything. I mean, you know, he was a guy that was a really sound, you know, pass blocker. He was a really nice run blocker. Um, and then he got hurt. And, you know, he hasn't really done anything since. I don't know if the injury has you know, kind of taking a little bit out of his game or what, but, you know, he gives up like four or five pressures every game, it seems like, um, and he seems like he's one of the bigger liabilities along the offensive line um, on a week-to-week basis, even with, um, with you know, Cam Irving on the left side and, and a backup guard, left guard. So, you know, hopefully LDT, he'll be able to, you know, step it up a little bit. I'm sure he's still not super comfortable, you know, coming back from the injury um, you know, even if, even though it's been almost half a year, um, or half a season since he got hurt, um, I, I hope he will be able to come back and, you know, start being the player, the dominant, uh, right guard that we saw him be in, you know, 2017. Um, but I'm just not sure he's going to be that. And I don't think he's playing like a $9 million a year player. What do you think? Um, yeah, I hope that, you know, I, I agree that he's not playing as well as he, as he has been or should be, but um, I'm hoping that maybe when uh, maybe when they get back, he gets all the guys back on the line that he's used to. Maybe that chemistry will kick in a little bit, and maybe he can uh, maybe he can can he continue to improve and get back to the way he was. I need to mention the injury. Um, I don't know if that has anything to do with his play, if it's still lingering or anything like that. But uh, maybe when he when all the guys get back together and they get that chemistry going again, they will uh, they'll all improve. Um, kind of moving on so um we kind of thought we've been talking about the past few weeks uh Breland really hasn't been good uh he didn't really look look too great last week we mentioned that the the our we mentioned that our dbs did pretty well last week again but he's still not looking good he had another pen he had another couple penalties didn't he this this week uh, i think he only had one one, one penalty which is uh which is an improvement from the last two weeks yeah. but yeah um i mean he hasn't really been He's been okay in coverage, um, but, I mean, he's really handsy. 
um, obviously. And, you know, the defensive, I don't even think it's really like defensive pass interference. I think he's only had one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like defensive holding over and over again, which is really, which is really frustrating because, you know, the guy that he's covering isn't even really in the play. Um, and I know, I know Traverius Ward, like who I've been pounding the table for, like he's been really good this year. Um, you know, despite the fact that he's getting quite a bit of safety help, um, he got a defensive holding penalty as a cornerback on a run play that went away from his side of the ball last week, which yep. is like absurd. I, I I don't even understand. It makes no sense, but you know, whatever. I think, I think Breland, I don't think he's really been that bad. I think def- or I think uh, referees have just been overly, um, you know, aggressive with their, with their penalties. And, you know, I think Breland, I think New York will call down, uh, these refs, you know, mid-season and say, hey, you guys need to get this figured out because it's screwing up the pace of play. Uh, fans are pissed off. Coaches are pissed off. Players are pissed off. So you guys really need to ratchet this down um, and just and just figure it out because, you know, we can't, we can't keep playing this way and holding up the game. So, like I said, Breland hasn't been bad in coverage. Um, he's just having trouble with the penalties. And, you know, obviously he's a physical player. And if, if he takes his hand off the wide receiver, he's – He's not the same type of guy that, you know, he's been in the past. So um, anyway, moving on to the next thing, another cornerback that's kind of disappointing is Maurice Claiborne. He's a guy that came back from suspension. Uh, They could still be kind of working him back into the lineup, you know, after having not played for a while. Um, But, you know, he he just hasn't done anything, really. He hasn't made any type of impact. Uh, Rashad Fenton, who's a sixth-round rookie, outsnapped him last week. Um, and, and Fenton actually looked really, really good. That was a guy that, you know, we posted about on Twitter and said, you know, Rashad Fenton, uh, if, if Bashad Breland, who was questionable because he, he had a child, uh, born over the weekend, um, you know, Rashad Fenton was going to get, you know, a significant amount of snaps. And if Breland played, I didn't really expect Fenton to play that much. And, you know, he came out there and he outsnapped Claiborne. He actually looked really, really good. Uh, so with that being said, you know, Claiborne has been quite a disappointment. Honestly, I expected him to come in and, and be a decent, like, cornerback who would play significant snaps and, you know, like I said, rotate in with Breland or or Ward. So um, I definitely think he needs to step it up, um, especially if the Chiefs aren't going to go out and acquire a number one cornerback. Yeah, that kind of brings in the next thing. Um, you know, we're going to go through our top five needs. Um, for what we want from the team um, from signings before the deadline next week. Um, and I would like to see one of the you know next three cornerbacks who are lockdowns, um, the Chiefs at least make an effort to get to. Um, so you have you know Patrick Peterson and then um, maybe Howard, maybe Slay. I don't know. What do you guys think um, out of those three options? You know, I'm not really sure because the Lions, I didn't even think, I mean, the Lions are sitting there at two, three, and one, and, uh, you know, they're not, you know, really in it, really. Um, but I didn't expect them to be to be sellers. And then they went out and uh, traded Derek, or Quandre Diggs to the Seahawks today, um, who's one of their key defensive backs, traded him to the Seahawks for a fifth-round pick, which is like they just gave him an extension um, in the offseason, and then they go out and they trade him. And it, the Lions players definitely voiced their displeasure. I know Slay was pissed off. You know, Snacks Harrison was pissed off, um, you know, on Twitter. So uh, I don't know where that locker room is trending towards. You know, Matt Patricia, 
uh, former New England guy. Uh, as we know, New England's not really afraid to trade for anyone, and they're not afraid to trade anyone. You know, everybody is replaceable in, in their mind. So uh, I could definitely see another guy in Detroit with another cornerback who's not a lockdown cornerback. And I don't think not I don't think a cornerback that isn't a lockdown cornerback is not a top five need for us. Um, but another guy is is uh, Justin Coleman, who really like dominated us whenever we played the Lions. And, you know, he was just a super physical guy. Um, and he could come in and definitely make an impact. But I don't think a non-lockdown cornerback is a huge need for us. I think we've got that pretty much uh, wrapped up. But like I was saying, Slay, Xavier Howard, and Patrick Peterson are three guys that may or may not be available. I have no idea. Um, but, you know, a lockdown cornerback is our top need. It would allow us to be a lot more flexible with the defense. And, um, you know, if we go out and get one of those guys, it would be a huge upgrade. Yeah, and I think that – so, in my opinion, I think that the, the one that we that would make the most sense for both teams to get is uh, is Howard. You know, he's on the Dolphins. They're god-awful. They're not going anywhere this season. They can – maybe we get, they can get some more picks for him. Um, you know, we talked about Slay. I would love to have Slay on, on our team, but um, with them just trading, you know, just trading away digs, it doesn't look like – it looks like they're going to need Slay a little more. Uh so I don't see that happening. And then Peterson, all of a sudden, the, the Cardinals look like they might be in the hunt for the wild card the way they're playing. So um, I don't think they're going get, to get rid of him anytime soon. Um, so I think if one of those three, I would say Howard's the most likely. Yeah, and another guy, um, you know, I think Howard is the most likely as well. And I think, you know, given the fact that he just got a contract extension, uh, once he's traded, his contract is actually pretty manageable um, and one that the Chiefs can definitely take on. I think he would make like on average like 12 million a year or something like that i'd have to look at the numbers we've tweeted them out multiple times but uh howard is definitely a manageable contract and is definitely a lockdown guy um you know and another guy who i don't really want to call him lockdown because we haven't seen it long enough um but quentin dunbar of the washington redskins has been locked down in the time that he's played this year um he's graded out as according to pff as the best cornerback in the league so far um, he's a big physical cornerback. He's 6'2", um, over 200 pounds. And, uh, you know, he could come in here and definitely make an impact and definitely be our cornerback one. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to sit here and call him a lockdown cornerback. He's obviously not on Peterson, uh, Howard, or Slay's level. Um, the next one is a cover linebacker. So we basically brought in Deron Lee to be our cover linebacker. We had Dorian O'Daniel. Uh, who is another guy that is a cover linebacker. And we have Ben Neiman, uh, who's been okay as a cover linebacker as well. But neither of those three are really getting the job done. Uh, two guys that I'd really like to to take a hard look at is Jayon Brown of the Tennessee Titans and Levante David of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, I think Brown has one or two years left on his deal. Um, and then Levante David has two years remaining on his deal as well. So, you know, those are two guys that have really manageable contracts. Um, and they're great cover linebackers. And, you know, this is, people are going to sit here and be like, oh, well, uh, you know, I don't really think we need a cover linebacker. We've been okay in coverage. Well, in coverage, our biggest liability has been stopping running backs and tight ends from catching the football. You know, uh, Damian Wilson has not been great. Damian or uh, Deron Lee has allowed 16 of 16 passes thrown his way to be completed. Uh, so, I mean, 
you know, we're not really sitting pretty there um, in terms of matching up with tight ends and running backs. So I think if we go out and we grab a cover linebacker that can really, you know, go out there and match up well against tight ends and running backs and, and shut those guys down, I think that would definitely help on the back end as well as, you know, in the run game, which, uh, you know, makes you question like, oh, well, how is, you know, stopping tight ends and running backs from catching the football going to help us in the run game? It's going to help us because um, it'll whenever you take away one uh, aspect of a team's offense, um, it'll force them to rely on another aspect of the offense a little bit more. Um, and whenever you do that, it allows, you know, a guy like Steve Spagnuolo, our defensive coordinator, uh, to ratchet down on on the opposing team's offense um, and focus on on less aspects. So if you take away tight ends and running backs, then you're only focusing on, say, wide receivers um, and then the running game. Uh, so, you know, that's two things that um, we can – and that kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with having a lockdown cornerback as well. If you can take the opposing team's number one wide receiver off the board um, almost entirely – uh, then you can focus on everything else. So it's kind of the same thing. Uh, moving on to the next one uh, is a run-stuffing defensive tackle. Uh, there's a few guys here that I'd like to target. Um, and Dominican Sue, Dalvin Tomlinson, uh, John Jenkins, and Devon Godshaw. Uh, so those are four, you know, huge guys that are uh, notorious for being able to stop the run. Uh, you know, we've had run-stopping issues. Uh, but I will say this. If Colin Saunders and Derek Naughty can step up and play the way that they played last week. I don't think we have a huge need for a run stuffing defensive tackle. Um, but if their performances from last week are, are just a mirage uh, and they regress to the way that they played, you know, the first six weeks, then uh, run stuffing defense tackle is definitely one of our biggest needs. I like, yeah, I really like the way that Saunders played um, on that, the way he looked on that one play where he, it looked like he's going to sprint right, right up the middle, and he kind of flipped around and grabbed him and threw him back down. That was that was awesome, uh, which is what you like to see out of a rookie for sure. Um, we've been waiting all year for to see a, see a, see a play out of him, and it's, it was nice that he got some minutes um, with the way that he set up the uh, defensive line last week. Uh, definitely worked worked well, um, and it was it was nice to see him have have a nice play there. Um, but if if you know it, it it turns out to be you know you know, just a fluke for that one week uh, or just the Broncos being that bad. Um, yeah, runs again in another DT would be would be real nice. Um, obviously, Sue is the biggest name that sticks out at you when you read off the, that list of guys. Um, you know, I don't know. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I, his antics in the past have been a bit much, um, kind of known as a dirty player. But um, if we can keep him in check and he just has the, you know, he brings some aggressiveness to that defensive line, uh, that would be nice. Uh, we, because we need to, you know, even even that it, he could uh, he could get to the quarterback. He could, uh, you know, he's a good run stuffer. So um, that wouldn't be a, too bad of a sign for for us. And I, I think that um, he'd probably be available for the right price. Yeah, and and I mean Tomlinson, Jenkins, and Godshaw. Those are three guys that are are really good run stuffers. But none of those three guys can have the impact that Sue can have. Um, I don't think Sue is a guy that can be a, you know, dominant on a weekly basis the way that he's been, you know, throughout his career. Um, but he can definitely be in, come in and and be one of the key defensive players on this team. And, you know, one thing that I kind of like imagine whenever I sit here and, you know, I typed out, I put Sue on this list was and Dominican Sue and Chris Jones, you know, playing side by side in this defense would be absolutely ridiculous. 
Yeah, uh, those two dominant players. Both guys are. I mean, Chris Jones isn't great against the run. He's you know predominantly a pass rushing defensive tackle, but um, you know those two guys next to each other would open up so much more um, for the rest of this defense. Uh, so you know, trailing off of having a run stuffing defensive tackle, uh, the next thing would be to add a run stuffing linebacker. Uh, you know, we saw Reggie Ragland step up, which was really nice. Uh, like I said, we had a lot of guys step up and, you know, be key guys for this defense in week seven against the Broncos. Um, so a couple or a few run-stuffing linebackers that I'd really like to see added uh, is Raquan McMillan, the Miami Dolphins, David Mayo of the New York Giants, and Kevin Minter of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, so you're kind of continuing the trend of Miami Giants and yeah. uh, Buccaneers guys, you know, here, you know, you throw Washington Redskins guys and, uh, um, you know, Cincinnati Bengals in there as well. You know, all of those teams should be selling. Uh, those are three guys that can definitely come in and make an impact on this defense, I think. And, you know, be one of our better linebackers to sit there and, you know, line up side by side with, you know, Hitchens and, and whoever else that Spagnuolo wants to put out there. Yeah, as far as run-stuffing linebackers, um, yeah, it was nice to see that Raglan stepped up, like you mentioned. Um, so one of the guys that you have that you have on this list here, Minter, I've watched him a few times, um, and I, I really liked what I saw from him. Uh, he could, like, obviously, because we're talking about stuffing the run, uh, he's been able to, you know, plug up those holes, and, um, you know, he acts on it. He acts really quickly. He, you know, he, spot, he has really good vision, um, and I, I think he'd be a really good fit. Um, and definitely on a team that should be selling right now, uh, they're pretty bad. So, um, if we, get, if we can give them, you know, I don't know who they would want in return, but, um, I think he'd be, he'd be a good ad. Um, maybe him and put him and Ragland in on plays where they, where we well, obviously they know they're going to run. We need to stack the box. I think that would work out pretty well. Yeah. And, uh, moving on to the last and final, um, of the top five needs, um, you know, it's not really a huge need, but it's definitely something that we could see um, happen, especially with Mahomes going down with a knee injury. Uh, they're going to want to protect him a little bit better, so they're going to put a little bit more stress on that offensive line. Uh, this would be an interior uh, upgrade along the offensive, or an interior offensive line upgrade. Uh, a couple guys to look at would be Alex Mack, who's a center um, for the Atlanta Falcons, um, and then Ali Marpet, who is a guard for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, those are two guys that I think, I mean, Marpet would be a huge upgrade over, you know, either Wiley or LDT. I don't think they would bring in Marpet and replace LDT. So, you know, he'd probably be taking over for Wiley uh, just based off of their contracts. Um, and then Alex Mack, you know, he's almost 34 years old. I'm not really sure how much of an upgrade he would be over Austin Ryder. Uh, I think he'd be a much better, you know, run blocker. Um, but I'm not sure how much better of a pass blocker he is at this stage in his career. You know, he's got, you know, reduced mobility. So, um, you know, it'd come in and, and hopefully the veteran presence would, you know, be a boost to this offensive line. And, and hopefully that, you know, that's something that could uh, protect Mahomes. But, you know, with Fisher and Wiley coming back, you know, sooner rather than later, I'm not really sure an interior offensive line upgrade is something that the Chiefs are, you know, seriously looking at right now. Yeah, I think Mac would probably be the best option out of, you know, the two you listed. Um, you know, get a good veteran player. He's been in the league for 10 years. Um, he got drafted in 2009, and next year his base salary is $8 million. So that's definitely something the Chiefs can handle. Um, and like you said, he would bring a good veteran presence to the locker room. 
be a good guy to have, um, you know, under Mahomes, um, kind of help run the offensive line, bring in uh, a guy who, you know, obviously knows his way around the league, knows how to be successful. He's ran with Matt Ryan for, you know, a, his whole career. And, you know, that's a great quarterback to model off of um, based on success. So I think that would be a good addition for the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. I, like, go ahead. Okay. Yeah, I really like. I would really, I would take either of them honestly, as long as they can get back there and protect Mahomes. That's all I really care about. I don't, don't really care about how they played recently. As long as they can, as long as they can get up there and you know keep defenders away from our franchise quarterback. Um, but I really like the way his last name Marpet sounds. I think that so if I was going to pick one or the other, I just I'd pick that one just solely because I'd like to say Marpet all the time. Yeah, and I mean Marpet's probably like. He's the longer term, you know, acquisition. He would be a guy that would probably be around for a while, um, you know, especially given that, you know, that there's a possibility that they could move on from LDT um, after this season. So, um, but if you have Duvernay Tardif and Marpet, uh, those are two guys with ridiculous names you know, at the guard position. Um, those are two guys that could definitely, you know, sit back and, and protect Mahomes. Um, so, Moving on to uh, the next topic, uh, the things to watch for as the Chiefs return to Arrowhead for Week 8 against the Packers. Oh, man, uh, it's going to be a rough one because I know a lot of people uh, went out and they bought tickets for the Packers game, uh, you know, several hundred dollars uh, in tickets, and Mahomes isn't even going to play, which is highly unfortunate. Oh. But, you know, uh, so, I mean, can Matt Moore do enough to win the game? Uh, I think Matt Moore can do enough to win the game. I'm not sure how much Matt Moore is going to need to do. You know, I know the wide receivers for the Packers are pretty banged up, uh, but we're going to need a performance from the defense, you know, similar to what we saw uh, last week against the Broncos, you know, in order uh, for this Chiefs team to come out and, you know, uh, take this take this victory away and, you know, start off 1-0 and in, in Mahomes' absence. Yeah, I think that I, I don't think he does need to do a, t- a whole ton. Uh, what we need him to do is not give the ball away. He needs to be probably passing as little as possible as long as we need it. We need to get the run game. We need to establish the run game. McCoy is going to be a big, a big deal in this game. Uh, but I think that if we can find like creative ways, safe creative ways, not where he's slinging it around, but if we can do some things where some handoffs to to Hardman, some handoffs to, to Hill, uh, you know, some end arounds, whatever we got to do to. Uh, get the ball in the, in the hands of our playmakers without him having to throw it too far down the field. Um, I think is will definitely uh, um, benefit him, uh, and that's going to be the way that we can actually get some offense going. I don't think he's going to sit there and throw strikes all game long, but if he can get uh, get our you know Tyreek Hill involved and you know do, do some short passes to Kelsey, I think we have a chance. Maybe look to see Kelsey um, come through the backfield and get those little flips that Mahomes did last year. That's an easy <laughs> way to get the ball to him. Yeah, um, you know, see if he can get upfield, get a little more production from him. Yeah, and I mean, with you know Kelsey and McCole Hardman, Tyree Kill, and hopefully Sammy Watkins returning, uh, those are four guys that are really, really good in space. Uh, so hopefully, you know, the Chiefs can just you know dial up some some mid range, you know, short passes uh, to for Matt Moore to get the ball to those in those guys' hands and allow them to make a play. I mean, I think this offense is basically just going to revert back to what it was whenever we had Alex Smith yeah. uh, for the next few weeks. Uh, so I think, you know, they're going to dial up the short passes and 
they're just going to allow our wide receivers to do the work and hopefully establish the run game with Shady McCoy. You know, I think over the next few weeks, we'll definitely see him get the biggest workload um, on a game-to-game basis that he's seen all season long. Uh, they're going to have to establish that run game and, and try to open it up for Matt Moore a little bit. Uh, moving on to the next thing, uh, we've kind of uh, you know keyed on the topic a little bit, is can this defense repeat its Week 7 outburst? Uh, I don't know if they can repeat it, um, but we're definitely going to need them to come out and be very good because Matt Moore is not very good. Um, so, I mean, Matt Moore, yeah, like we said, we could probably he could probably get the job done. Uh, you know, the Green Bay Packers are are a good team, uh, and but we're going to need this defense to come out and put pressure on on Aaron Rodgers. We're going to need the you know these this runs these run stuffers that we didn't know we had. Uh, last week, which I'm, I i don't even know. If, I still don't know if we have them or not. We'll see uh, as we go forward. But we're going to need them to come out, and they're going to need to stop Aaron Jones. Uh, Devontae Adams, you know, he might be back this week. So uh, we're going to need our cornerbacks to step up and make some plays. And, you know, really this defense is just going to have to be one whole cohesive unit uh, and, 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 you know, give Aaron Rodgers hell. Uh, Arrowhead's going to have to be loud, uh, you know, force him to make some mistakes and, uh, you know, we'll just have to see. I think it's going to be a close game, but I, I, I don't think the Chiefs are out of it by any means. No, and I think that they don't need to do what they did last week to win this game. Like they don't need to do it at all. They just need to make Aaron Rodgers uncomfortable to the point where he's not, where he's, we're getting him off the field. Uh, he's not driving down the field, not doing any cra- anything crazy. They don't need to be great. They just need to be good, um, and or maybe even a little below that. Matt Moore will be able to succeed with. This off, it, it's pretty hard to not succeed with the weapons we have around Matt Moore right now. Um, we just need the defense to play. We're, we can't. We can't. They can't be giving up any big plays because if they start giving up big plays, uh, we're not going to be able to catch back up. If there's, if they're, we can't turn, have this turn into a shootout between Matt Moore and Aaron Rodgers. Um, so we, if I think that they are capable of being way better than they have previously, I don't know if they're uh, going to be. We're not going to be seeing anything like that we did last week, but. Um, if they can just if they can be just good, then uh, we definitely have a chance to win this game. Even though they we wouldn't be able to do the same things we have with Mahomes. Yeah, hopefully um, another like one player on the defense, specifically Frank Clark, can come in and be a game wrecker for us. Um, last week, you know, we saw the Frank Clark that was Frank Clark in Seattle. Um, something we haven't really seen yet this season too much of, um, but hopefully that ca- carries into this game. Um, he's getting you know around his blocker and straight to Aaron Rodgers, making sure that he feels pressure constantly. Um, Grant, how many pressures did Clark have last game? Do you know? Off the top um, of I think it was six. Um, I know he had two sacks, um, but, you know, he was making plays all over the field in the run game uh, and as a pass rusher, uh, really everywhere. I mean, this was obviously Frank Clark's best game. And, you know, what we saw on, on tape in Seattle, uh, Frank Clark looked like that player against Denver. Uh, and, and, you know, Garrett Bowles isn't a great left tackle by any means, but he's not, you know, the worst either. Uh, and Frank Clark came out and, you know, he dominated him. So that was something really nice to see. Um, but, yeah, Frank Clark, I think he had six pressures, um, which is a solid performance. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully that carries into this um, game against the Packers and uh, the rest of the season, honestly, specifically into the playoffs for that. You know, he's worth the investment that Veach put into him. Yeah, and I think that Frank Clark, it would be a really, be a really nice game for him to have, you know, his coming out party. I know last week he kind of, you know, stepped up. The whole defense did, though, so he didn't really stand out as much as 
if it was just him that would have done it last week. But um, hopefully he can get out there and make, make Rodgers uncomfortable, prove that he was worthy of a first-round pick, um, and going forward, um, keeping that same energy. Um, kind of moving on, is some players that possibly could return from injury. Uh, we, we talked about Watkins, Fisher, Jones, and Wiley. Um, it'd be very beneficial for, obviously, Watkins would be for just another weapon for him. Um, Fisher and Wiley. It'd be really nice to just get make sure Matt Moore has a clean pocket to throw from. Um, I don't think we're going to want him under pressure a whole ton. Um, so having either of those guys back would be would be beneficial, as well as uh, Chris Jones coming back. Um, you know, we have we have to hope that um, him when Jones and Frank get back together, they'll make a pretty formidable duo uh, going forward. And um, yeah, just definitely if, if we get any of those guys back, it'd be beneficial for us next week. We're going to need all it takes to to beat Rodgers and the, the Packers who are looking really good right now. Yeah, and I mean, we saw the impact that Anthony Hitchens had uh, whenever he returned. He had two sacks. Um, So, you know, getting a guy like Sammy Watkins back can have that same type of impact for the offense. Um, You know, whenever he's healthy, he's one of the better wide receivers in the league. Uh, He he can definitely open up this offense and, you know, create a lot more for this offense uh, and, and, you know, draw some double teams and stuff like that. That's that's why they brought him in is, is for him to line up the opposite side of, you know, Tyree kill and, you know, cause defense, cause defense is hell um, because uh, they can't double team both of them. So, um, you know, especially with Kelsey in there, we see how Sammy Watkins opens up the offense. So it'll be really nice to see if, um, you know, Matt Moore can, can get some work with those guys and, you know, if Fisher and Wiley come back, you know, those are two guys that, you know, will give, give Matt more of that protection that he needs to sit back and, you know, hopefully dissect defenses. Um, I don't know if he's going to dissect them, but, you know, at least he can maybe go out there and pick them apart, you know, in the short game. So uh, those are two things that I look forward to. Uh, moving on to the next thing, uh, can the offensive weapons give Matt Moore enough to work with? Um, that's kind of one thing that we kind of mentioned here with Watkins. Uh, but as we kind of mentioned before, uh, Andy Reid really needs to, allow Matt Moore to do what Matt Moore can do. Uh, he doesn't need to go out there and, you know, run Patrick Mahomes offense. He like you said, he needs to go out there and run what basically a pseudo Alex Smith offense. Um, and I'm not even sure he can really run an Alex Smith offense. Um, but we saw he can throw the ball down the field a little bit with, with Tyree kill. So, you know, hopefully Matt Moore can get these weapons going. Um, and, you know, hopefully Andy Reid can get the run game going to open it up for Matt Moore a little bit. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, hopefully uh, Tyreek can come out, um, you know, as you said earlier, run him out of the backfield, hopefully create some space, um, make sure that he's getting open uh, in the short fields. We'll see what Meikle can do. Uh, maybe they run him uh, like some double reverses in the backfield. I don't know. We'll just see what uh, Andy Reid feel com- feels comfortable with doing with Matt Moore uh, at quarterback. It'll be interesting to see how much he tries to throw in "quote unquote" trick plays or whatever. Um, maybe have Tyreek take a couple wild um, wildcat snaps. Whatever we need to do to get the win. Hopefully, um, you know, keep up our offensive production. Uh, Matt Moore didn't look bad against the Broncos last week. You know, it was just, it was a sustainable offense. It wasn't great, obviously, but you know, hopefully now that uh, Matt Moore's taking snaps with the first team in practice, um, you know, he's had ten days. Kelsey said that that was his first catch from or pass, you know, that Matt Moore threw him all season. So hopefully, um, you know, 
they've had enough time in practice to where Matt Moore can feel a little more comfortable back in the pocket, um, throwing out to, you know, the weapons that we do have on this offense. Yeah, and another thing that I'd like to mention uh, before we start closing here um, is that it's it's actually kind of hard for, for, you know, opposing teams to prepare uh, against backup quarterbacks, especially whenever you have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. Um, and, you know, that par- is probably part of the reason why Andy Reid has been so successful um, whenever he rolls out backup quarterbacks due to injury um, is because, you know, Andy Reid is going to break out in a whole new playbook. So everything the Packers have been watching to gear up, um, you know, for Matt Moore uh, is basically useless because, you know, it's Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, so they're going to have to sit there and they're going to have to say, OK, well, is Matt Moore going to be doing what Patrick Mahomes is doing here? Uh, you know, so I think I think Andy Reid is going to I really do. I think Andy Reid is going to dust off that Alex Smith playbook um, and, you know, you know, roll out quite a bit of that offense and, and see if Matt Moore can, you know, uh, use that to his advantage and, um, you know, see if they can throw off the Packers defense a little bit and, um, you know, hope that Matt Moore can can get the job done, basically. Do you have anything else to say, Ori? Basically, we need him. To, we don't need him to play great. We need him to play safe, and our defense needs to step up and stop Rodgers. That's all there is to it, honestly. Yep, which was basically the recipe for success from 2013 to 2015 yep. uh, in Kansas City. So, um, yeah, that's about it, guys. Um, in closing, uh, we have a new giveaway. We just finished a giveaway of the Chris Jones photo. Uh, so congrats to the guy that won that. Um, I believe Cody will have that in the mail for you tomorrow. I think he was going to have it in the mail today, but uh, he's not going to be able to. He had something come up. So uh, he's dropping that in the mail tomorrow. Uh, that should be arriving anytime. Uh, and we have a new giveaway going on now from House of Hoodies. Uh, they put out – Ori actually has his on right now uh, in the podcast. Sure do. And I have one as well. Austin, I'm sorry you're not fortunate <laughs> enough to get one. Um, I'm not a true member of the team. Yeah, so, you know, maybe we'll just have to pick you for the giveaway. We'll see. Not, um, but you know in all seriousness uh we have that giveaway going on it's pinned to our profile uh check that out you know there's a couple pictures on there so you guys can see what the hoodies look like and stuff like that they're actually you know people have mixed emotions about them mm-hmm. uh they are really really comfortable and they are warm as hell um so you know like especially if you live in kansas city like it's getting starting to get colder um i was up there this this weekend i had to watch the game on the road actually as i was heading up to missouri uh, I was sitting there watching it on my laptop as it was going in and out uh, in, in the boonies there uh, in the middle of southern Missouri with, you know, hardly any service. So um, it's getting colder up there, you know, so if you if you want one of these hoodies, you know, check out the giveaway, follow us and retweet it. Um, and then also we have our store up and running. Uh, you know, we've been adding, you know, some some different uh, options there to our store. So go ahead and check that out. Uh, use code AL. 10k uh for 10 percent off of your total order um through the month of november so check that out and uh that's about it guys we will be back with you guys next week for episode 23 hopefully coming off a win against the green bay packers uh go chiefs